0: Hey everyone, welcome again to another moment, another another Still Moments with Jesus. I'm your host, Ryan Samuel Lopati, and behind me is my wonderful, beautiful wife and co-minister, Maya Nicole Samuel Lopati. While she won't be active with us today, um, she is definitely backing me in the f- background with some prayer as I um, engage with this topic of Christian apologetics. Ooh. I, <laughs> there she is. I hope you're all having a good time and um, that things are going well with you and that the Lord has been faithful uh, in your lives. We have been in this series just talking about Christian apologetics and what that looks like. I know there are many Christian apologists coming out. I know there are so many discussions, especially out West, uh, many Christian minds who are engaging topics of uh, God, the Bible. Uh, uh, traditions, uh, uh, science, history, and and trying to tackle as many questions as possible, right, through the lens of the Christian faith. And um, in my wife and I's reading of uh, Christian apologetics, we realized, as I highlighted last week, that Christian apologetics is way deeper than just merely answering the questions that someone brings up, right? It's... It's a question that comes up from the mouth of someone who genuinely wants to know why do you believe what you believe. Um, it's not an opportunity to to brag, gloat, boast, or show off. It is actually a genuine moment of hu- vulnerability, very human vulnerability, in sharing your own testimony about the what of what, <laughs> sharing your own testimony about what the Lord has done for you. It is in lack of a better way of putting it, it's kind of like a testimony in church. It's it's, 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 a won't he, it's a won't he do it type of scenario, right? And it's just being able to say, yes, he did it. Um, for those of you from black church, you know this for a fact. Um, this is something to keep in mind. For those of you from African church, you know, um, it's always going to be, I have a testimony to tell of the Lord's goodness. It's pretty much the same thing. Uh, and you want to figure out, uh, even as you hear our series, what uh, Christian Apologetics is, is really all about. And that's what I'm going to be discussing today. Uh, it's just basically, how will how will Still Moments with Jesus be discussing this topic going forward? And this being the second uh, episode after our first one last week, I'd really like to just go deeper into the three ideas that make Christian Apologetics Christian Apologetics one christian apologetics has to have in its in its roots at its very core uh, a testimony about jesus it has to be a story about jesus we hear this in the book of revelation uh, that it was through the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony that the saints overcame uh, the tough difficult and trying times and overcame the, the enemy at every turn it was through those things those two things—it's so critical that we remember that John also mentions this in the first letter of John. In First John, saying, "Remember, this is this is the thing. This is what has over, this is what has overcome the world. Our faith. So at the end of the day, it's not going to be wise words and just like phenomenal sayings. While those exist, that is not the core of Christian apologetics. Um, it is also something that." we have to draw attention to the second thing about an apologetic a good apologetic is that it has to have remnants of god's power if not god's power the core to begin with this is something to keep at the back of your mind even as you listen to uh the series because it's important to know that it's not about it's not about you it's about how God's working in your life and how that testimony about how God's working in your life can help someone else who's striving to figure out and learn and understand what is going on with this Jesus thing, right? It's it's, it's not just saying all the right things, doing all the right things, you know. I think sometimes many Christians, especially who've grown up in church spaces, really wrestle with this. They really wrestle with the idea of what does God look like outside the four walls of the church? What does that look like how does that translate right for some it's prayer in public spaces for some it's reading out the text in public spaces for some it's uh preaching and declaring in public spaces for some it's going to be um trying to engage in some type of mission or charitable work out out in the you know beyond the four walls of the church but what i want to mention today is that as we look at this and as we really critically examine these three things so we've got let's go back to them the first one is testimony right testimony about Jesus the second one as you've mentioned is that we have to see the power of God at the very core of this of this uh, witness about Jesus and then last but not least we have to see how this how Christian apologetics has looked, both in the Eastern and Western churches, uh, even as time, even as we examine what faith looks like, because for the longest time, the church has been too separated from its own spiritual practices and spiritual roots, so much so that all we find right now are remnants, bits and pieces of things that we either like and dislike about the church. For instance, fasting has largely been neglected by the church these days uh on the western front but if you go to the eastern church fasting is really still endeared and valued uh if you go to the western church there's a lot of intellectual discussion about what god is like and what that looks like if you go to the eastern church there's more of an emphasis of what your experience with god is like are these are all these things necessarily bad things no they're things we need to be aware of even as we try and understand the christian faith and now when i say the eastern church i'm looking at churches in north africa going all the way into the middle east all the way into uh, some parts of asia that um since the time of the of the great church schism you can actually look this up by the way uh, have not been able to come to terms with some spiritual practices now while the differences in theological ideas on some matters the main thing to look out for is what were the practices that these churches took up that were very important to them, not just to the congregants' lives, but to the lives of the churches themselves. For instance, we've lost a great uh, we've lost a great thing in just being able to read the text out loud and let the text just re you know speak to someone, right? But we have that existing in both contexts, as known as tole leje, uh, and that is just something that we need in our lives these days uh, we just need someone to be able to just read like an audio bible if you've ever just grabbed one and just listened to one uh, some, some dramatic readings of the bible are very helpful I will say that as someone who's really benefited from that they kind of give you like a nice vibrant picture of like what's going on with the text and I think that's something that we miss quite a bit whenever uh, we just sit in a sermon and just listen to a pastor preach now, I want you to keep in mind that all this has a lot to do with apologetics because they're the groundwork upon which we see God cult- God's presence cultivated in our lives. Now, isn't that a fascinating word? As a seminarian, there's something you learn very quickly, that uh, seminary is another word for a seed bed, and this is where uh, seeds are put in a garden. For those of you who are gardeners out there listening to us, you know what this means, right? When you put your seeds in, you know whatever plant that you're trying to like uh, grow that year, uh, whether it's a tomato, uh, whether it's a bell pepper, whatever it is you're trying to grow, right? you put it in the ground, you make sure the ground's fine, you make sure the external conditions and the internal conditions within uh, the soil are perfect for growth. And you always make sure that you not only water these pla- uh, these seeds, but you also make sure that all the, all the climate conditions of, are perfect, including the pH of the soil. so the acidity or basicity of the soil are perfect. So the seed is not harmed but the seed actually gets to thrive, right? And it's such a joyful thing whenever you see the seed just begin to sprout, right? And it tells you that wow, you actually are doing the right thing. Now that is what we're laying the foundation here as still moments with Jesus when we talk about Christian apologetics. We want you to be able to look into your own lives and just see those times God spoke to you even before you were Christian, even before, or if you're a Christian, even before you came to actually have a a true encounter with the Lord and one that really transformed how you think about it. Because at the end of the day, what is Christianity if not an active engagement with your God who saved you? if it is not an actual living relationship with someone who not only sees you and understands you, but someone who's capable of doing incredible things in your lives. Um, And that's something we keep seeing in the text. When Abraham is seen by God, and God approaches Abraham and speaks to him. Uh, When Moses is approached by God during his 40 years in the wilderness after he left um, Egypt, after killing someone, right, and fleeing Pharaoh's wrath, he, even though was a royal family member, still fled, fearing Pharaoh. But here we are in the wilderness 40 years, and Moses is approached by God. And God tells him, Hey, I see what's going on with my people, and I hear their cries. And now I'm going to act, and I'm going to free them. Because the time of the oppression is at an end. Now, I want you who's listening to this to understand this bit. Whenever we read texts in the Bible that just have a very simple resonance to them, right? Uh, like when you read texts that say that he loved us and gave himself for us, that is not merely a nice thing to do. It wasn't that he just did something small. He did something extraordinarily huge. And it's even more fascinating when you think upon this verse that where the Spirit Spirit of God is heavily involved in the whole process of our growth And not just that, we hear that this kingdom of God that Jesus preached about is not in eating and drinking, as Paul would say, St. Paul would say, it is in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost or in the Holy Spirit. It's amazing what God does when we let him have the room. And you have to remember that where the Spirit is, there is liberty that is what we are seeking each time we tell our testimonies, each time we tell someone about what the Lord is doing, when they, whenever they ask us about our apologia like our defense for why, why it is we believe what we believe when you're confronted it's not merely a good thing to say it is it's a God thing to say Not so that we appear better than the other. No, for we are not. But so that we can resonate with another and so that they can also have an opportunity to see the Lord and experience the Lord through your eyes, through your life. For remember, what are we but living scriptures as Christians? That's what we are told. We are living epistles, the New Testament tells us. We are living epistles who are Out here, whose lives, whose conduct, whose speech ultimately ministers the Word of God to those who do not know the text. So, it is vital for us to understand that even as we try and engage in Christian apologetics, and yes, we will go into all, we will go into like a good chunk of um, what actual what Christian apologetic, apologetics has looked like, we'll look at different figures, we'll look at G.K. Chesterton. Uh, we'll look at uh, C.S. Lewis. We'll look at um, uh, we, we have so many people. We look at some of the early church fathers. We look at Athanasius. We'll also look at uh, Justin Martyr. We'll look at so many figures, uh, and just see how their lives and how their writings inform how they understood that how they understood their practices as believers uh, functioned in their lives. For it was not merely a thing that they just said and just did. It was way more than that. It was a moment for them to come closer to God. And even through their writings, they hoped that those who heard them would not only understand that God was using them to write to those who uh, challenged them on the faith, but was using their writings to also address issues of doubt, issues of misinformation, and issues of misunderstanding but often and almost always through lived experience remember we do not know jesus is lord we do not know jesus is, is god we do not know that he's sovereign and ruler if not apart from our own testimony and our own personal experience with him we do not know these things if it was just spoken to us unless we actually have to have unless we actually get time to sit with him In our lives and have and break bread with him as he promised to do in our hearts for those who believe unless we have that time with him as the men who sat with him who met with him on the road to a mouse did and they finally witnessed and understood after he broke the bread that this is the risen Lord or like Thomas who said unless I see him I will not believe that he is alive. And then met him and barely did he even reach in to touch his wounds. He just exclaimed, my Lord and my God. Unless we have those moments, we will truly not understand what it means to live as Christians. So my prayer to you today is that you'll understand that God's power, God's presence is active, it's vibrant, and it's here for you. He is here for you. So wherever you are, get ready as you ramp up and begin to talk about Christian apologists next session. Bye and God bless.